Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Talking to you from the beautiful Marriott Resort here in Hawaii, Honolulu to be exact. Um, not on the Big Island. They have enough issues over there. But um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I've been uh, away for quite a bit, traveling and running programs and getting my summer schedule set and things of that nature. And I have received so many emails uh, asking me to come back on the air that I it, it's about time. So thank you for all the great positive influenced emails that uh, you have sent to me. And uh, it is much appreciated. I've been working a camp out here and uh, been on the phone with many uh, basketball experts as, uh, you know, we're getting set for the basketball summer NCAA viewing periods. And, you know, it's, uh, it's an environment that is getting worse, and uh, that is the topic I will be discussing today. As I've been on the phone with all these coaches and NCAA representatives and USA basketball representatives and you know, I feel very honored that I have that channel to be able to have any kind of influence over this great sport of ours. And, you know, I think for me, just speaking off the cuff, basically, that I, I feel like this game of basketball is deteriorating to an all-time low. Now, that doesn't mean it's becoming less involved or less participated or anything like that, but I, you just have to watch the NBA finals or the NBA playoffs in general to see that this game has deteriorated to, a, to an all-time low when it comes to fundamentals and development and skill. Uh, it, is, it is unbearable. It is hard to watch. And talking to a lot of my colleagues in the world of basketball, it is amazing to me how many people don't even watch the game anymore. Now, I'll, I'll watch college and I'll watch occasionally some NBA games, but I have to admit I'm with them on the fact that I, I, have not, I did not watch but maybe one half of one game of the NBA Finals. I, I just, you know, it, it was just too hard to watch. Watching that Houston-Golden State series was bad enough. I think the Celtics series was decent with some play in the first four or five games, but watching the NBA basketball games with the lack of effort, the lack of fundamentals, the missed shots, what is Houston like missed 21 straight threes or something. Boston was hideous at making a shot. Uh, the constant switching on screens, just switch every screen and, and then isolate mismatches. It's just, you know, for someone who educates basketball players on younger levels, there's nothing to learn. There's very little to learn in an NBA game. And you have these young kids, 11, 12, 13 years old, watching these NBA games as if they're gospel. And you wonder why the, the play has deteriorated across the country. You have a seven-footer that can't post up in Kevin Durant. Um, you know, if you can't beat him, join him. There's nobody that's willing to lead a, a team into the championship. I thought LeBron, you know, to his credit, I'm not a LeBron fan. I think he's overrated on a national level. Thinking he's Michael Jordan is absurd to me. 
He's definitely the best player in the game today, but he has so many defensive lapses. Um, there's so many things wrong with his game when you look at him technically. He's just the greatest athlete that's ever played the game. I think he's a vastly improved perimeter player. I, I give him credit for that. I'll give players credit where it's due. I think he's made, you know, there used to be a time where I just said let him shoot. Now he's he's done a better job of that. I don't think he makes players around him better. I think he he kind of points fingers, and, and there's a lot of things that go bad with him. There are times in the game where you'll see him lose sight of his man. He'll cut back door and get a dunk, and he'll look around like it's someone else's fault. My point is the game of basketball, it brings a tear to the eye of any purist out there. You know, John Wooden, I wish, was alive today to hear his comments on where the game has gone. There are some great players, great athletes, great skilled players like uh, a Clay Thompson. Um, there's, there's players that really prove that you can get the most out of a little, but then they become egomaniacs. Steph Curry used to be what I consider to be an amazing role model for every player in the country. And he just got a little too full of himself. And now he's about the theatrics. He's about the attitude, the shimmy shakes and all that. It would have been a, a very welcome if he was just humble and didn't do the dancing and didn't throw the mouthpiece. And, you know, if he just, if he just went back to who he used to be when he was, I mean, everybody said he couldn't do it and he had to grind it out just to prove people wrong. He's not, he's not that guy anymore. And there really isn't that guy. Kawhi Leonard used to be one of those guys. What happened to him? I have no idea. Is he refusing to play? Is he really hurt? Who knows? You know, who who does the game have left when it comes to role models? Is it Anthony Davis? So far, I have very – there's not a lot of issues with him. But who knows? You know, is it the future of is, – is the future of the NBA Jason Tatum, who I thought had a great playoff run? We just need – we need players that once they become rich and famous to stay humble, play the game the right way, and be a good positive role model and not just be about themselves. But the game is the game has deteriorated not just at that level, but it, started, it starts at the AAU level where most of these players were developed. You know, that's where they learned their uh, – I don't know what you want to say. I'm getting a lot of text messages here. So, uh, but that's where they learned the nuance of the game. That's where they learned the, the character development at the youngest age, at the AAU development age. And we all know, everyone knows, you could listen to any kind of basketball program, whether, whether it be TNT or whether it be ESPN. or You listen to any basketball expert, Jay Billis or Dick Vitale or, Charles Barkley or Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, Hubie Brown, anybody that I would consider to be an, uh, worthy of listening to respected basketball aficionado, you speak to any of them at USA Basketball, you speak to anybody at the USA Basketball level, administratively or coaching-wise, you speak to, to camp directors of legitimate camps, we all say the same thing, the the infection of AAU is, is the reason why the game is where it is. It's also the reason why European programs and teams and players are catching up to us because the work ethic has changed. 
AAU is no longer about player development. And I'm not sure when that changed, but there's no doubt in my mind that, now, of course, there's exceptions to everything, and there are those AAU programs that do it for the right reasons. Don't get me wrong, but they pale in comparison. They are, they are very much in the minority. AAU is about making money. AAU is a money-making machine. It's a cash cow. And there's a lot of warning signs that you would have to be able to uh, observe, witness, recognize. If an AAU program is run by somebody who's never played basketball, well, wh- why do you think they're doing it? You think they're running this AAU program to benefit players, benefit kids? Of course not. They're in it to make money. I mean, if, you're, if the AAU program is run by a two guy who never played the game, he's looking to just make a buck. Does the AAU owner actually coach a team? Does he coach a team or does he just cash a check? You know, does he gouge the parents? Does he justify the costs? Does he or she do it for the right reasons? And usually the answer is no. And as I was speaking with a lot of coaches here in Hawaii and, and across the United States, you know, they would say to me, Dave, you know, can you speak at this coaching clinic? Can you speak at this, you know, basketball camp over here? Can you run a, a seminar? Can you do a webinar? And I have. We go to Phenom this year. There's going to be 400-plus kids. We're not affiliated with an AAU program. AAU has become a cancer that there is no cure for. There's no chemotherapy. It's, it's once you get this cancer, it's over. And the problem is people, parents especially, can't recognize when, when the AAU program is wrong and bad. They hire coaches that – I mean, I, I know of AAU programs where, where coaches were fired as a JD coach in his first year – Imagine this. A coach uh, applies for a job. He gets hired as a JV coach. In his first year, in the mid- middle of the season, he gets fired. And you ask, well, what did he get fired for? Well, he got fired because he acted inappropriately with young kids. I mean, in order to get fired during the season, during a high school season, you have, you have must have done something bad. I mean – you're not especially in a JV program or a varsity program. If you get fired during the season, you did something really bad. Usually, you know, coaches get fired. Everybody's gotten fired. Coaches get fired when the season's over. Hey, our philosophies don't match, or you're not winning, or you're not kids aren't responding. Whatever the reason may be, if you get fired during the season, <laughs> and then if you get let go as a travel coach during a season. I mean, that's a massive red flag. And then I'll find, I'll ask somebody, hey, do you know where this coach is? I heard, I heard he got fired. Where, do you know where's he at now? Oh, yeah, he's coaching at this AAU level. He's coaching in this AAU program. Oh, wh- why is he coaching young kids? He got fired as a JV coach for behaving inappropriately with young kids. How can he be back in charge of young kids with less supervision? There's no athletic director. There's no school board. There's no principal. There's no head coach overlooking him, he's able to run rough shots? 
and just coach these kids any way he wants, who would hire that guy? Oh, it's an AAU program. They, they don't care about that. There's no process. There's a background check, but, I mean, he didn't, there's no, you know, he acted inappropriately. It doesn't mean he was convicted of a crime. He's just acting inappropriately, to, you know, with young kids. So these, these guys get rehired. And then no parents even know. They never know. Then it's up to the AAU owner to say, you know, this is something I can't, I can't do this. You know, a coach leaves his kids at home while he goes to the gym and works out, you know, and leaves his kids at home for three hours. At, you know, they're five years old, six years old. And he's just going to go get a quick workout in and leave his kids at home because he thinks they're sleeping and they'll be fine. And then you're going to hire that coach to coach young kids and take them on the road. You think that guy's going to make good decisions? But that's what AAU basketball is. You've got people that are just trying to make a dollar. You'll go to some of these tournaments and they're trying to sell socks and shoes and shirts that, hey, do you want to buy this shirt? 25 bucks. Well, let me see the shirt. What's, what's on this? Uh, AAU champion 2012. 2012? Are we in 2018? Yeah, I just found this in my closet, so I'm going to sell it for 25 bucks. Oh, okay. You go into these AAU tournaments, it's $10 a day, $15 a weekend. That's a joke. And it's not just one tournament, that's most tournaments. What a joke. Take a family of four, it's going to cost you 60 bucks. Grandparents, hey, everybody just stay home. I'm not going to pay $100 so we can go watch our son play a basketball game. And, it, and it's all over the country. It's not just once, one, one place or two. It is, I guess, the ills of, of basketball. It is the D, disease that has infected the game. And to me, old school purist, a guy who sat privately with John Wooden in his home and talked basketball, which was the highlight of my basketball career, a guy that lives and dies, you know, basketball, that, it, that what I want to give back to this great game because it provided me with a life and a future. I owe so much to this game. And to have to sit here and watch the way it is just crumbling in front of me. The NBA, in the NBA level of basketball is the worst professional sport in the world. I mean, it is the most predictable. I, I said it. Go back and listen to some podcasts of mine. I told you back in, what, October, September, that the NBA finals would be the Warriors and the Cavs and the Warriors would win in four. Now, I'm going to predict right now. I don't, I don't even know what deals are going to be made unless LeBron goes to Houston or even if he goes to Philly, it doesn't matter. The Warriors, barring injury, are going to win the championship again next year. It's a poor fest. Best out of seven, are you serious? So, again, I, I, I sit here and I am in awe of how the game is getting worse. Now, USA Basketball is trying to get more involved they're starting to run more tournaments, run more clinics. That is extremely valuable. I think we need to get some of those people more involved. I think we're headed down a path where the AAU system will finally be eliminated, but it's going to have to be taken over by something as powerful as the USA Basketball. And I think USA Basketball has gotten more involved in the summer NCAA tournaments. 
it's it's just become a cancer that is there is no cure for. I know so many bad coaches. I'll go to a I'll go to a, a tournament and coaches show up late. They show up in flip flops. They're cursing up a storm, f bombing every third word. Um, you'll go to a AAU practice and they take out the cones. Once you see the cones, you know you have problems. Cones, they start running around. They, you know, coaches are on their phone. Coaches are talking to other coaches. It, it, it's just a disaster. It's a massive scam. You've got these coaches that have no right coaching, coaches that couldn't get a real coaching job on their own. It, it, it's hard for me to have to endure. I mean, it's everywhere. I'll walk in the gym in L.A., and I'll just watch an AAU practice, and it is hard to watch. There's no coaching. There's no instruction. There's no skill development. And I'll see a, I'll see a team practicing in, you know, I'll go to the Anaheim Sports Center, and I'll see a team practice, and I'll say, so what is this? Is this like a skill session? No, this is an AAU team. They practice. They're practicing. I don't see them working on any sets or, or working on team defense. It's just a bunch of cones out here and a bunch of guys doing drills while the coach is over there on the phone talking to his girlfriend. So who, who's paying for this? How much do you pay for this? Who's this coach? The resume is always blown up. It's fake. You know, and then I'll, and then I'll come across somebody and they'll say, Hey coach Taylor, you know, AU basketball is so bad. Can I get you to come speak to our program? Hey coach Taylor, can you evaluate our AU program? We have a tournament next weekend. Can you, can we send you some film? Can we, uh, have you, we will, we'll fly you in, uh, you just observe us for a week and then let us know your thoughts on the coaching, the coaches, the uh, philosophies, the mission statements. Yeah, I had a business that was, that was all about that. It was about consulting. And then I'll say, uh, you know, in this program you have, you have 17 teams and one good coach. Well, it's hard to find good coaches. I know that. I get it. Well, then do coaching seminars, do coaching clinics, have standards, pay them more. Pay the coaches more so they want to work hard and they want to earn more money. Give them incentives. Give parental reviews. And if you get 90% approval, then you get a bonus, something. But to have to sit here and watch the NBA games that are a disaster and listen to people speak the games that have no idea what they're saying. There's no commentator I know that is speaking the truth unless they just come out and say this was bad basketball. I mean, I've heard Van Gundy say that. Look at so-and-so. He doesn't even see man and ball. It's, it's just gotten bad. What is the solution? Well, the solution, you know, and people will ask me, how do we fix it? Well, I mean, unless you just do a complete massive overhaul, which will never happen because of the cash cow. I mean, you, you, the, the way you fix it is you eliminate AAU basketball, and you just say, okay, we're, the only way you can play in the summer is, with, is on a high school team. Well, then there's high school coaches who are not much better than AAU coaches most of the time. They're now going to have to coach full-time, and they don't have the time, the inclination, or desire to do that. Well, then you say, okay, you know what? We're not going to have any more travel teams. We're just going to go to camps, which could be a solution. No more tournaments, just camps. 
and you go to the camps, and in the morning you do skill development, and in the afternoon and evening you play games. You just get team. You get, I used to run those kind of camps, West Coast All-Star camps at Cal State Dominguez Hills. And you get everybody together, and you put them on teams. You split them up, and you play, and the coaches come, and they watch. And it's no longer AAU-based. It's all about, you know, you sign up for regional camps in your area. Have 30 of these camps spread out around the United States so kids have access to getting there, whether it be a three-hour drive or a three-hour flight, and you show up at the camp. I mean, this is my solution. It'll never happen. But you eliminate, just eliminate it, which then would eliminate AAU travel teams. Then you would have travel, then you would have like uh, summer programs or spring programs where you just basically instruct kids and teach them. But then you eliminate the tournaments and then you send the kids to camps like I used to run. And I wish we would get back into that. But you would go to the camp and in the morning you would just do skills and drills. And coaches could watch you to you know, perform these skills shooting drills, defensive drills, pick and roll drills, ball handling drills, passing drills. And then, you know, you go to lunch, you come back after lunch, and you say, okay, we have 340 kids. You know, here's the team you're on. You give them a list of the, of the team they're going to be on when they check in, and then they practice as a team with that coach, and then they play games. Then they go to dinner, and then they come back after dinner, and they play another game. And then they're done. Then they come back the next day and repeat the cycle. And you do that for four or five days. Now you eliminate teams, travel teams, people running around trying to form teams, recruit players, pay them, perform illegal things like payments and and deals and gear and you eliminate a lot of that. You eliminate shoe company involvement. And you just say that's the way it's gonna be. You would gut the AAU program in half right there. You would just you would solve so many problems right there because the AAU coach would now no longer have an influence that they don't deserve. Now it's about, okay, I'm a college coach. I'm going to go watch this kid play. He's going to go to this camp. I'm going to go to that camp. Each camp has 300 kids in it. You do camps all over the United States, 30 of them all based regionally, run by USA Basketball, or just run by private individuals. doesn't matter because there's no illegal influence from kids, uh, AAU programs. Teams, they don't know anybody. They have, to, they have to play as a group. These were very successful camps when I used to run them back in the day. And then tournaments kind of infiltrated and took over. And the, and the day of the camp is now gone. That's one solution. The other solution is just only having uh, high school coaches certified. Certified high school coaches that have been vetted and gone through the process to the point where they are hired by an educational program or educational system. They are the only ones certified to coach. You can't just have a random AAU coach that got fired as a JV guy. And these guys I speak of, I know of, there's a ton of them out there. This guy that got fired from a JV program that I know, he, he, he's not a teacher. But yet he's able to coach AAU. There are so many people that are allowed to coach AAU basketball that in no way, shape, or form should be allowed to. And, and then you have negative influences on kids. You go to Vegas in the summer for their big tournaments. There's just kids roaming the streets of Vegas with absolutely zero supervision. Coaches don't care about supervision. Coaches don't care about morals and ethics and doing the right thing. What do kids care? What do coaches care about? Making money, partying. I mean, it's not about the game. It's not about basketball. 
it's about using a kid to get himself to the next level. Maybe it's about making money. It's about winning titles. I mean, these coaches recruit kids. Hey, play for me tomorrow. Play for me. I know you're playing for this other team, but play for me. I see it at the dumbest levels. I see it at the lowest levels. I, I am involved with some of the lowest levels of AAU basketball. I'm talking about, like, no national level stuff. I run tur- I'll, I'll help run tournaments of some very low-level programs. And there's nothing wrong with that, being involved in a low-level program, because you're trying to make a difference in kids' lives. But then you see the coaches that are coaching these kids, and you say, wow, what a scam. Running around, screaming, have no idea how to coach. Kids are acting like brats. Kids are getting technicals. Kids are F-bombing refs. Coaches are F-bombing refs. Parents are going berserk in the stands. I've said this for decades, that one of the greatest reality shows you could ever have is just follow me around. Follow me around for a summer with a hidden camera and look at these parents' behavior. Look at the parents running around going berserk. Coaches will be saying during games. Watch the way the kids interact with coaches. Any purist of the game would just shed a tear. I remember back when I was a kid, they had that Native American who would be sitting on the side of the road or walking on the side of the road, and somebody would throw out some garbage as they're driving down the road, and this Native American would look at the camera and just you see a tear stroll down his eye. That was a very impactful commercial to me. I don't know why. I mean, I guess I do know why, but I wouldn't litter because of that. And that's the way I feel with basketball. That's the way I feel. I, I feel like that Native American when I watch a game on TV. I'm just, I mean, I, I, I'm sitting there watching it, and a tear just rolls down my eye. Like, what has happened to this game? And you see the way Durant behaves, and you see the way it's, it's just hard to watch. It, it really is. And and you go to travel, and you I'll be running these phenom camps that are the most successful camps we've ever had in our 15 years. 400 kids invited, high-level players. It's going to be an amazing feat to get this thing done. And, you know, I'm going to have all of these uh, high-level kids with parents, and, I, and I'm going to do my best to tell them this, that what they are involved in is bad. That they need to make a difference. They need to make a change. And how does that happen? Well, it comes down to parents not having their kids involved in programs that are all about making money, not have their kids involved in programs that have immoral coaches, bad practice habits, bad coaching habits. You got to stay away from those guys. You got to stay, you know, and I always, someone said to me, well, well, Dave, how do you, how can you tell if an AAU program is bad. I said, well, I just gave you a bunch of reasons, but one of the most telling ways that that you can see is, okay, who owns the program and is that person a coach? Is he accountable? Does he answer to the parents? Or is he behind the scenes just cashing checks? That's one way. 
and I'll do my best to try to get involved with AAU programs and make a difference, and I'll advise people, you got to do this, you can't do that, you can't hire him, you got to stay away from him, he's bad, he's not a good coach, you know, you can't, you can't do this, you can't charge that, you can't do these fundraisers that are a scam because the money goes right into your pocket and you're acting like you don't have any money when obviously you're making a ton of money and then you're making these kids do free throw shoot-a-thons so you can make more money. You, you can't sell everything under the sun. You can't, you can't, you know, sell snacks and candies. And you, it's not about money. Make enough money to make a difference. Like you're trying to make a living on it. That's fine. But do it with the right intent. Have the right people involved. Listen to the people that know what to do in order to be a successful program. And it's it's and there are good AAU programs around the country. Don't get me wrong. There's some programs I've seen at the national level that I, I really believe in what they do. Their kids behave. They're fundamental. They're talented. Their coaches seem professional. There's a few out there. But then I'll work a game where after the game, the two coaches go out and throw cash on the floor, and there's fights and there's riots, and parents are coming out of the stands and taking money out and throwing it on the floor saying, let's play again right now, winner take all. And there's like ten grand on the middle of the court, and kids are running around bumping each other and fighting. And, and I'm like, what is going on? What is, where am I right now? Is this really happening? Coaches walking off the court. Is this really happening? This is hard to, to, to fathom. It makes me pause. It makes me think. And as I sit here running camps and running events, it, it, it's not, there's, there's no positivity, positivity on the horizon. I, I don't see the system overall changing to benefit the kids down the road. Do coaches show up early? Do coaches take film and show film and record games and provide feedback? Do coaches give their free time? Do coaches work hard? If you're going to pay a lot of money, you're going to pay $1,000 for an AAU program in a season. What are you getting for that $1,000? I know you're going to get some skill development. It's not about winning games. I know everyone says that. You'll ask any coach, what, what would you rather do? If I asked a 1,000 coaches, uh, what's more important, winning or developing? They'll all say developing. They all say development. But then during the game, they'll recruit players. They'll bring players in. They'll bench players. Some players will never get on the court because it's a close game. They want to win, want to win, have to win, have to win. Trust me, I want to win as much as anybody. But everyone's going to play for me. Now, it doesn't mean everyone's going to play equal. But – People will always say, oh, I'd much rather develop than win. I don't care about winning. That's a lie. You'll be like, well, how come four of those kids didn't play? Oh, well, because we were close and we won the win. Oh, I thought you weren't about winning. Well, I'm not. Uh, they're just not that good yet, and they got to keep developing. Or he, he, uh, he was late to practice. No, he wasn't. He was at every practice. Okay, coach, you got me. I just want to win the game. I just want to win a game, please. Well, you know, that's not what we're about. They're 12 years old. They're 11 years old. They're 13 years old. Now, when you're 17, okay. You know, you're 17 years old and you're not good enough to get on the court, okay. But when you're 11, 12, 13, even 14, it's about development. 15, 16, 17, okay. If you're not good enough, you should have either been cut or we should have put you in a developmental program. 
we have to quit taking your money. And that's what you should do. You should have a program, an AAU program that says, you know what, you're just not good enough, but we're going to put you in this developmental program. Well, we don't want to be in that developmental program. We want to play games. Okay, well, go to a rec league. No, I'm just going to go to this other AAU program because they have someone that doesn't really, that's never played the game, but they're just going to take our check. They don't care. Pay that money, and then your kid, kid sits the bench the whole time, and you wonder why. So, again, it, it's a cyclical process. You know, one AAU program will try and do things the right way, and around the corner is another AAU program that won't. And they'll go to that one. And then that one will, you know, be the new cancer. But it is hard to pull R in charge. And so you infect these kids at a young age with what's not important, with poor skill development because these coaches don't show up to practice early. They don't work hard. They don't do any kind of in-game analysis. They just do skill development with some cones just to get through the practice and get the heck out of there. They just don't want to be there. You can tell. If a coach shows up late consistently or right on time, and then as soon as the time period's over, let's say they practice from 4 to 5 or 4 to 6, and they show up at 3.58 and leave at 6.01, I mean, that tells you all you need to know. They're wearing flip-flops. They're hanging out in the corner talking to people. They're on their phone 24-7. You know what you're getting. You're getting nothing. It's a babysitting service. You're not developing. The kid's not getting any better. Is there film? Is there five-on-five scrimmaging constantly where you're, you know, instructing? One of the things I hate about coaches is the ones that, that perform drills or scrimmages where there's more people standing than there are playing. It's like a rule we all have that we don't like. We want a lot of activity. You know, five-on-five-on-five, on five on five, something. Versus having 10 guys sitting on the sideline, standing in line, waiting to get their chance, and they get out there for two minutes and get back in line. It's like Disneyland. These are, these are the ills of basketball. How do we fix it? I gave you some ideas. I think if you did the camp format, the travel team tournaments, I, I think that really solves a lot of it. I think it helps. It doesn't, it doesn't solve it. It helps. Because you still have to find quality coaches. You still have to find a way to get these kids developed. You know, allow the high schools to, to coach their kids in an instructional format. We have to eliminate the AAU coach. We have to eliminate the AAU program. There's so many programs. It just makes sense. There's so many programs out there. You can't find enough coaches. Every, there's like mom and pop AU programs popping up everywhere. I know a guy that got fired from a program or quit mid-season because his team was losing, went out and tried to start his own program. Anybody can start their own program. You know, the guy's a massive nerd. I don't know if he's ever played the game. He looks like a clown. He acts like a clown. And you're going to pay this guy good money to play. You're just paying money for, this, for, the, for your kid to play the game. Go to a rec league. Go to a church league. Go to a YMCA league if that's all you're looking for. What's the purpose of playing in these in, in, in an AU program? Is it so that your child will make his high school team? I hope so. And then beyond that, is it so your child might be able to play at the next level? Or is it just for exercise? 
Is it just so you can win the game and, and run around and, and yay? Parents that don't understand the exposure events, I know parents that just don't get it. There's great AAU coaches and great AAU programs and people that do it for the right reasons. There's one here in Hawaii who does it for the right reasons, does it the right way. It's not about getting rich. But then again, he's a pastor, so you know that he lives under a different uh, umbrella. But we just we just have too many, too many bad seeds. And when you go to these small towns, it's got to be even worse. Like Connecticut's just a disaster. You know, you go. I wonder what it's like in the Montanas and Wyoming's, and or doesn't it? I mean, I, what do they do? If you're from Wyoming, what do you do? Move. If you're from North Dakota, if you're from, you know, Idaho. I know it's a pretty good team that I see sometimes, but where do you go? How, where are, how many opportunities are there? And are you playing just for the benefit of trying to be a high school star because, you, you know, nobody from your area really goes next level? I don't know. I know there's great players out there in all these states, but what, what options do they have? They're kind of limited with their resources. You've got to kind of get the coach that you're stuck with. I mean, if the coach isn't very good. Well, you're, you're kind of stuck. There's no there's nowhere else to go. If you're in California or New York or Boston, yeah, there's all kinds of options. State of the game today just brings a tear to my eye. And we have to do something about it. Stay away from these AAU guys that are just clowns. I can no longer work for an AAU program. I can't do it. I've tried, you know, I've tried to do my best to – provide a program of integrity, stability, professionalism, work ethic. And at the end of the day, unless it's your program, you really have no say on that. You know, it, it comes down to the person behind the scenes cashing the check and running to the bank. And they say, listen, I don't want to do that because I need to make more money. I need more money, more money, more money. I'm not making enough money. I'm losing money. I'm losing money. You're not losing money. We all know that. Quit trying to lie. But AU owners are primarily liars, just scam artists. I'll meet this guy. Oh, I'm, I run the most successful AU program on the East Coast. Can you work for me? Can you run this for me? And then I meet the guy, and he's, he's just a massive, you know, nerd. He's a business guy, never played the game. Well, what's your motivation? Oh, you know, my motivation is I want to make a difference. It's all garbage. How do you pay your coaches? How do you pay your play? How do you pay your your staff? How much do you charge the kids? Where do the kids go? What do you do with the kids in tournaments? How do they – oh, we have a high retention rate. We keep players. and It's about money, isn't it? It's about money. It's about keeping the client happy so that they keep coming back. Well, parents aren't going to all be happy if they play for me because I'm going to bench their kids or yell at their kids, and if they don't, if they can't handle that criticism, they're going to be upset. If they want a vanilla program that just always tells their kid they're great and never criticizes them for being a bad kid, well, got the wrong coach. Go play for some other AU program that will definitely provide that for you. It's 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 hard for those of us older, old school purists of the game. That's why I love Gino Uriema. I think he's one of those. And although I don't root for winning teams usually, I, I root for him. 
because he says the right things, does the right things. He's got his faults. I didn't agree with one of the games he played last year where they were blowing a team out by 40 and just went ballistic and blew him out by 70 or something. I thought that was wrong. And karma was a you-know-what, as they did not win the whole thing. He's one of the he's one of the few that says the right things. Says things that I'm like, wow, thank you. Frank Martin said something really good on a YouTube video once. There's those guys out there. They'll say the right things, do the right things. But you you have to you really have to do some due diligence when you're talking about AAU coaching, AAU programs, AAU owners. And when I go to Phenom and when I travel around, this, you know, this summer, I'm going to do my best to help these parents know that what they're what they're doing is harming their child more than helping. And that's that's the problem. So I'll do my best. I'll continue to give my speeches. I'll continue to have podcasts when requested. I'll continue to talk to parents. I'll continue to send emails. I'll do what I can because I can't give up not the way I was raised. It's not the way I've been mentored in this, in this business. You don't give up. If the going gets tough, you just don't give up. If you see an infection, you do your best to cure it. And I see that the infection is getting deeper. And I've seen decent people turn into greedy, money-grubbing, you know, shysters running around just trying to make money. And I can't just sit there and let it happen. I can't just tolerate that. So I'll do what I can. That might not be a lot, but I'll do what I can. And let the chips fall where they may. But at least I'll go to bed at night knowing that I did what I could and I did the best that I could and that I told people the truth. Whether you like hearing what I said or not, at least I told you the truth. But just look at these NBA finals. Were they not a disaster? How do you have two game sevens that were that bad? Where the Rockets literally were, I think they were 0 for 20-something during one stretch. Where teams switching and then just dribbling around for an hour. And yes, I do believe if Chris Paul is healthy, they win that series. With Chris Paul, they were up 3-2. to two. In game seven, they were up enough. They were, they were close enough in that first half. Chris Paul makes that big difference. So, yeah, I do believe that. But it is hard to watch. Here's, here's all you saw every time down. On ball screen, switch, isolate. On ball screen, switch, isolate. For both sides. On ball screen, switch, isolate. Just lazy. Then you watch that Celtics game, game seven. I mean, three or four players going like one for 10, two for 13. It's just... Just keep jacking threes. Don't don't try and run an offense. Don't try and run something where you're going to get a good look at a backdoor cut or something. Just keep jacking threes and just hope they fall. And then once it became uh, Cavs and Warriors, it was over. It was, it was, I wanted to see some fresh blood. I mean, who knows? I think the Celtics could have given them a run. I think the Celtics could have could have won a couple games. Just because they play a more team-oriented style game, they're more physical, they're more defensive. But once it was Cavs, it's just an embarrassment. 
Where's LeBron go? Who cares? Who cares? Is he is he really going to leave again and go to another super team? Is he is he going to go to to Houston? That doesn't make any sense. Is he going to go to Philly? I mean, maybe. Who knows? He's not going to the Lakers or the Clippers. He's not going somewhere where he can't win. I could see him going to Houston because in his world, he's like, listen, I'm going to face the Warriors in the finals anyways. So let me face the Warriors in the semifinals or the conference finals and, and get out of the way, get that out of the way early. Maybe he goes to Indiana. Indiana played them tough, almost should have beat them. Well, I mean, who cares? Where is Paul George going to go? I mean, the NBA is going to be what it always is. It's going to be four teams and everyone else sucks. That's it. So you know it's going to be the Warriors. It's going to be wherever LeBron goes. It's going to be the Celtics. And who's that fourth team going to be? Is it going to be Houston? Is it going to be Philly? I mean, on the outside chance, there might be five good teams that have a chance to win it. But let's just be realistic. There's only going to be two teams that have a chance. And it's going to be if LeBron goes to a team that forms another super team, like he goes to Philly or he goes to Houston or he goes somewhere where, you know, even Milwaukee, wherever he goes where he can form another super team and bring someone with him. So it'll be him and Chris Paul going and playing for Philly or him and Chris Paul going to Milwaukee, which would make more sense, by the way. And it's going to be that team the Warriors, and Celtics if Kyrie comes back. And if you're asking me today, even if LeBron goes to one of these other teams, I'm picking the Celtics and the Warriors. And I'm going to say it here on, what is this, June 10th, 2017. And again, I, I, I allow myself to change this depending on where players land. But as of June 10th, the NBA Finals will be Warriors-Celtics, and the Warriors will win in six. It's not like baseball. It's not like football. It's not like hockey. Watching the Capitals won the NHL Stanley Cup, you know, nobody could have predicted that. Nobody would have said that the Las Vegas Golden Knights would have been in the Stanley Cup Finals. Are you kidding me? But the NHL has a league where anyone can win. Anyone. How many, how many experts predicted the Stanley Cup final being the Las Vegas Golden Knights versus the Washington Capitals? I would say zero. But the NHL has a product where anyone can win. In the NFL, who would have predicted the Eagles? Well, there's a few. But they weren't the favorite. They win the whole thing. In the NFL, it can be anybody. Usually you know it's going to be the Patriots in the mix, but, you know, it could be the Denver Broncos. There's, there's a lot of teams in the NFL that can get to the Super Bowl. The Atlanta Falcons. There's a lot of teams that can get there. You can go from hideous to contender in a year. Look at the Rams. Hideous. But in the NBA, unless you make a lot of trades. Baseball. Dodgers and Astros, nobody would have predicted that last year. This year, who knows who's going to get there? Houston, Yankees, Red Sox, who knows? Dodgers aren't, I know that much. Giants, Arizona, St. Louis, the Cubs, Nationals. 
I mean, the Braves, the Braves aren't going to get there, but they're right there hanging in there. My point is these other leagues, you just, there's, there's enough teams that you, you really can't predict with certainty before the season starts. NBA is different. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Golden State wins again. It should be four straight already. Except for a meltdown by, you know, Draymond Green and the great Steph Curry really choking it. Passes out of bounds and bad threes missed. They would have won four in a row. It's a bore fest. <clears throat> Other leagues around the country, I mean, you know certain Bundesliga soccer leagues and you know that you know who's gonna win usually. Champions League, you know who's gonna be there usually. But you still got some uncertainty between four to six teams. NBA it's two to three teams. Right now it's Celtics, Warriors, and whoever LeBron goes to. That's it. And that's what makes the game bad. That's why the game is bad. So, again, I think we need to do something. The NBA commissioner is just the walking dead. I mean, he's not going to do anything. What's he going to do? Can he do? He's doing nothing. He's a clown. You know that the teams are going to be super teams. Maybe you change the rules. Maybe you mix it up to make the games more exciting. Maybe instead of a best of seven, you go to a best of five. I don't know. Maybe best of three. How great would that be? So, again, you know, I'm looking for change. I'm hoping something will happen. But the NBA just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And this is my game, my sport, my love, my passion is basketball. And to have to endure what I have to endure on a, on, from the professional players down to the lowest forms of AAU basketball, there's no middle ground. College game is getting worse with the corruption going on there and paying players and shoe company involvement and FBI involvement. I mean, there's no solace. You know, you just – I think if John Wooden were alive today, he would just want to go travel across the Midwest and, and go look at some good, hardworking, pure basketball programs. Not ones trying to win at a national level and get paid. Just coaches and kids working hard, learning life lessons, getting better at the sport, to maybe go play at a Division two or three level and really be honest and pure with the sport and just learn. And then down the road, they pay it back by becoming coaches themselves. And we, and we get back to helping America's youth and teaching them life lessons and better people in life for their community. Our politicians are corrupt. Um, our role models, we have none. There's no role model in any form of any life whatsoever. There's nothing from the politicians down to, I mean, there's just not athletes. There's very few positive role models in today's society. And that's a shame. So when I lay on my deathbed and I'm counting down the minutes, I want to be able to say to myself, I did it for the right reasons. I tried my best. I might not have always done everything right, but I always had good intentions. I always tried my best. 
I was always honest and pure in my efforts. I always gave the maximum of my potential. I tried my best, and I'm good, and I'm good with that. You might not have liked me. You might not have agreed with me, but I love this game, and I gave back to the best of my ability. I was honest. I told the kids the truth. I tried to make this game a better game. But the powers that be are very powerful. And to try to change kids that watch NBA games, it's difficult. It's difficult. I long for those days of Magic and Larry when games were broadcast on delayed TV. I remember having to watch the NBA Finals. I think it might have been 80, 81, 82. I was growing up in L.A. I was in the backyard of the Forum. And for me to watch the Lakers-Sixers final, it came on at 11.30, tape delay on Channel 2. I mean, we've come a long way, haven't we? And I had to wake up at 12.30. My dad would wake me up. We'd watch the game until 2, 2.30. i go to school. Those guys played the game for the right reasons, in my opinion. Yeah, they got paid, but it wasn't all about getting paid. It was about winning and being a champion and being a good teammate and being a good role model. And right now it's simply about getting every level from second grade all the way through the NBA. It's all about getting paid. And if that's the way you want to live, then more power to you. But that can't be what you're all about. So we'll see. I know that people have asked me to, to, to speak on this, to hold a podcast and talk about the NBA finals and my thoughts. And I've gotten some emails on that, you know, coach, we haven't heard your podcast in a while. What are your thoughts on these NBA finals? Well, now you got them. And I'll broadcast again next week. And we'll talk about maybe as we get around in the summer, I'll be in Taiwan I'll be running a camp in Taiwan. I'm in Hawaii now. I'll be in LA. I'll be in San Diego. I'll be in Connecticut. Um, and the more I witness, I'm sure I'll have another conversation with everyone again during the summer, letting them know how bad it is. Maybe I'll broadcast from LA and then I'll broadcast from Phenom in San Diego. Maybe I'll broadcast from Taiwan. All right, everybody. That's all I have. I'm sorry if it, if it dragged a little bit, but I appreciate the forum to vent. You want to follow me on Twitter at Coach Dave Taylor. You want to follow me on Instagram. I think that's at Taylor. I don't do much on these things. I'm not like these losers who tweet things, have to apologize, and then they get fired. My website, CoachDaveTaylor.com. You can keep the comments coming. My email is CoachDaveTaylor at Yahoo.com. Don't drink and drive, please. That's just that's just really bad. People that drink and drive and people that tolerate it. It's one of my uh, passions. So, again, if you have any questions, comments, Twitter, at Coach Dave Taylor, all that good old fun stuff. Let me know your thoughts. We'll talk to you again, everybody. I'm going to leave you with a song that, you know, kind of encaps- encapsulates the broadcast today. Feels like we only go backwards. I think it's by Tame and Paula. That's what you say it. Maybe it's Tom A and Paula. Who knows? Enjoy the song. Enjoy your Sunday. We'll talk to you again soon.
Peace. Peace.